0: They called you mad in university. They stole your lunch money in grade school. It's time to build your secret laboratory and plot revenge. Your magnificent monster is ready to rumble. Let's play... Kaiju Agogo Kaiju Agogo is an action strategy game where you take the role of a mad scientist, choose from one of three giant monsters and then proceed to attack cities around the world as the game goes on you can build up your lab and build up your creature with over 90 unique power ups for even more city stomping fun go to kaijuagogo.com that's k-a-i-j-u a gogo.com or search for us on kickstarter to find out more about the game and how you can help make this game come to pc, mac, linux and mobile devices this fall Support perks include having your own special building place in the game, to claiming an entire city in the game, as well as copies of the game, of course. Kaiju-a-Go-Go. If you want to rule the world, sometimes you gotta break a few cities. Previously on Caustic Soda
1: Okay, man. Geiger counters on. <laughs> I suppose that's normal background radiation. The kind you'd find in any well-maintained nuclear facility, or for that matter, playgrounds and hospitals.
0: And now the conclusion. <laughs> Bam. 1979, Pennsylvania,
2: Three Mile Island. Pennsylvania. Ooh. Is this going to be another one where a whole bunch of pencils thrown into the reactor would have solved this problem? Yes, Pennsylvania. That's
3: Uh when you take a bunch of pencils and you create a thing to put on the top of your house to tell you which direction the wind is blowing.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Pennsylvania.
0: I like it. A partial nuclear meltdown which occurred in one of the two Three Mile Island nuclear reactors... The worst accident in U.S. commercial nuclear power plant history. This is a level five on the scale.
2: Whoa. It's kind of confusing the way you said it because it's one of the two three-mile island things. (laughs) Uh, Yes. That Mm -hmm.
0: makes makes it a five-mile
2: island. Yes, precisely. Or six mile, They might might multiply.
0: The accident began with failures in the non-nuclear secondary system followed by a stuck-open pilot-operated relief valve, Uh which allowed large amounts of nuclear reactor coolant to escape.
3: Who's flying this thing?
0: (laughs) There, there, He's got
3: to operate this relief valve.
0: It's true. The mechanical failures were compounded by the initial failure of plant operators to recognize the situation as a loss of coolant accident due to inadequate training and human factors such as human-computer interaction divine oversights. In particular, a hidden indicator light okay. led to an operator manually overriding the automatic emergency cooling system at the reactor because the operator mistakenly believed that there was too much coolant water present in the reactor and causing the steam pressure release.
2: Okay. Okay. So, But there was a light that would say, oh, no, no, this isn't a problem, but that was, it was hidden somehow.
4: There were a couple issues with that. Uh, some of the important lights were not visible from the control panel. Okay. Some of the lights that were important on the control panel were covered with little tags because would have, they would say, oh, there's a condition with this equipment. So they would wire a little paper tag to one of the, like a valve handle or something or, or controls on the, the control panel. Right. The other issue is you had what are called the enunciator lights. So there's a bunch of lights around the upper ring. That connect the, your pronunciation? Uh, went, uh, lights! Mo- the lights are blinking. <laughs> and they're all blinking at the same time and we cannot tell which of the lights are important because they are all on or blinking. <laughs> and I joke, but it's true. Uh, so, you know, when you have all these lights on, you can't tell which one is... The most important. So bad design.
3: Listen, as a web designer, this is called bad user experience design. That's what it is. This oh, is it, it, you were talking about getting information to human beings. This is about user experience. Yeah. It, it's
4: exactly that. It yep. is exactly that. They had a, they actually had a program for minimizing number of lights on so that <laughs> when a light came on, you knew that it was important. Right. Which you would think it's like, well, duh. But I mean, at the time, this is you know, 1979, and a lot of times, this is you know, you sold a nuclear plant to a utility, and these guys are used to burning coal. So, mm-hmm. if, you know, they're lucky they have lights. <laughs> but, I mean, it's they dark in those coal mines. Well, you know, it's. <laughs> coal plants easy you know it's like do we got water coming in do we got steam coming out is there power do we have enough coal is the coal not on fire outside the plant (laughs) if it's out if it's on fire put it into the plant so that we don't burn the place that energy yeah yeah. exactly i mean that's that's money you know (laughs) mr
0: burns you know it's like one two three he's got four neutrons in total approximately 2.5 megacuries of radioactive gases and approximately 15 curies of iodine 131 was released into the environment. Uh-huh. The average radiation dose to people living within 10 miles of the plant was 8 millirem, about equal to a chest x-ray.
2: So, how come then I know the term Three Mile Island and I know that that was a nuclear accident and I know that it pr- like was one of a major contributing factor to the decline of nuclear power in the US? How can I know that, seeing as how... Because fear. Risk perception is a really, really huge and fascinating
4: topic. Kind of how people look at risks versus, you know, like, what you're afraid of and what kills you. Like, we're really afraid of sharks. Mm -hmm. you know. Right. Uh, We're not so afraid of cars.
2: Um, Those are both separate episodes.
4: Right. And if you listen to them back to back... And we can see fire, but we can't see radiation. Right. Right. But the thing is, how many... How many people do you know personally who have been killed or injured in a reactor accident? It's like, well, not many. It's like, well, on the other hand, that means if anybody is, that's a rare and unusual event. Mm-hmm. So, that that like the old joke of, it's like, I want to go peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather, not like the eight screaming people in his car. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, it, you know, so there are a lot of things that feed into this. And so, while it may not seem like a rational fear, it's very understandable. And you really need to look into how people think about risk and so
2: this is hysteria
3: well it's like the fact well, he gave a much more educated it, explanation well, of it uh, than it, you or i did but yeah
0: it's
4: that, not irrational it's it's just disproportionate
0: right, right. overblown mm-hmm. Uh, that's the but word they like to use it, in nuclear
2: reactor businesses, right? That's, it's the, it's that's overblown. True. If it gets so disproportionate though, doesn't it like tip over into hysteria? You know, talked about with Fukushima that can,
4: you know, lead to long-term bad life choices and stress that, yeah. you know, if you're if you're so radiophobic that like you're constantly washing or you're moving someplace or you just high stress. I mean, that you know, that affects quality of life and that may affect length of life. So actually, the fear can be a significant health effect due to nuclear accidents. So it's not the radiation we're worried so much about. That we can kind of track, that we can, we can do some things about. The one thing that we can't really counter is, you know, people living in fear.
3: We could try. I mean, there could be an education thing going on, but I, I already skipped ahead in my head to what the response to that would be, which is all the conspiracy theorists saying, yeah, see, they don't want you to worry about it.
4: Well, you, you damned if you do, and you damned if you don't.
3: Yeah. Three-mile island, casualties, zero. And that's the worst uh, in the States. I would say it's
0: worse for commercial power plants. Oh, okay. 1957, Kishtim. Uh, this is a village in Chelyabinsk, Rushka. Okay. A facility involved in processing and storage of nuclear wastes. Coolant piping to a series of high-level rad waste tanks had corroded, and loss of level instrumentation led to coolant water around the tanks boiling away. Ooh. The waste boiled dry to produce an explosive salt and decay heat, provided an ignition source to cause a massive explosion that sent Debris 1,000 meters into the air. Wow, an actual kapow. Mm Hmm. Ah, so I did get a kapow uh, noise out of a nuclear accident This chemical explosion had uh, an energy release of 5 to 10 tons of TNT Releasing about 70 to 80 tons of waste With a total activity of about 20 megacuries Oh,
2: wow That's bad
0: The area with deposition of at least 2 curies per square kilometer That's about 20 times the level of global fallout I don't know what global fallout is That's from uh, nuclear weapons testing Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Extended a total of about 1,000 square kilometers About 600 residents were evacuated about one week after the accident, and by 18 months after the accident, about 10,000 people had been evacuated. Uh Way to be timely on the evacuation, Soviet officials. The Soviet government concealed evidence of the accident. They didn't acknowledge it until 1989. That's a long time.
3: 32 years later. The way
4: uh, they pieced together some of the accident was looking at Soviet Radiobiology papers. And what they had found was in certain areas where you had a lot of fallout from this uh, waste tank explosion, right. um, they were finding that the pine trees were speci- were particularly sensitive to uh, radiation damage. So you had like deciduous trees weren't nearly as effective or affected as pine trees were as far as oh, like, okay. killing off chunks of forest. Oh that's
0: how we get rid of the pine beetle epidemic in uh, Western Canada.
2: Oh, yeah, throw the tree out with the beetle.
4: <laughs> yes. well, you, well, you need some sort of like neutron bomb for the beetle where it kills the beetle, leaving the pine
0: trees intact. Yeah. This is a level six disaster, making it the third most serious nuclear accident ever recorded behind the Chernobyl disaster and Fukushima Daiichi. So how many casualties mm-hmm. then?
3: Zero. Nah, confirmed third deaths. Third most serious, zero confirmed deaths.
0: But 66 cases of chronic radiation syndrome were diagnosed. Okay.
4: And, and it's also not clear what the Soviet record keeping was yeah, on that. Yeah, so, I true. mean, it, there is sort of that kind of zero plus or minus Soviet. Yeah, cover ups. <laughs> You're right. 1980.
0: Eighty-four, Ohio. Okay. Fernald Feed Material Production Center, a uranium processing facility which fabricated uranium fuel cores for the U.S. nuclear weapons production complex from 1951 to 1981. The plant produced uranium metal products and intermediate compounds. The plant was releasing millions of pounds of uranium, uranium dust into the atmosphere, causing major radioactive contamination of the surrounding areas. In 1990, Congress approved closure of the site and environmental cleanup of the facility. The site is permanently unfit for human habitation and will have to be closely monitored essentially forever. Uh, that sounds like a long time. Now, casualties one sort of? Question mark? Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Employee Dave Box, a 39 year old pipe fitter, disappeared during the facility's graveyard shift and was later reported missing. Eventually, his remains were discovered inside a uranium processing furnace. A sudden 28-degree drop in furnace temperature, which was kept at a constant 1,300 degrees Fahrenheit, had been recorded at 5.15 a.m. during the night of Bach's disappearance. Right. Okay. Insufficient evidence was found relating to the death, and the official ruling was that no foul play was involved. Some believed uh-huh. that he was murdered by one or more co-workers who suspected him of being a whistleblower in the 1984 nuclear emissions scandal. Other theories included an industrial accident or suicide. It is believed that Box was alive when he entered the furnace.
3: So the temperature drop is him opening the door to go in. Is that the theory? Possibly, yeah. or maybe
0: his or body. Somebody, or somebody his, his the door. body cools oh.
2: the, the, the the fire for a, a brief um, moment. No second. It's a, it, it was a thirteen hundred. <laughs> we degree. are mostly water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we are a thirteen hundred degree furnace. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, nobody's going in there and thinking they're coming up
3: the other side. Well, suicide. Yeah, open yeah. the door, jump in, or however. I don't know how it works. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Changing
4: a light bulb above the open. I'll just stand on this open furnace door. and oh. St- <laughs> Standing
3: on a rickety stepladder. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> or that's just what they want you to think. Uh-huh. The one thing about uh, Fernald that was kind of sad and slightly creepy is that one of the water towers on the facility has this red and white checkered pattern, ostensibly to like warn people to not fly their airplanes into it. Okay. Right. Um, All right. That which sounds is, like it might be effective. Well, what the thing was, within a name an innocuous name like uh, the Fernald Feed Materials Processing Production, Center. Production yeah. Center, you'd think it's like, okay, they're making Purina Cat Chow or something, right? right. And a lot of the neighbors, you know, they see that water tower mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, well, they're just making feed, making dog food. Right. You know, they're making cattle feed or <laughs> yeah, something, okay. and it's like, well, no, when we say feed, we mean, like, uranium metal for bombs or fuel or whatever.
2: Right, of course, but, like, they're making bomb materials, so you don't want people to know what it is. Exactly. That's, That's why right. you
4: give it a boring name like Baby Milk Factory or, <laughs> or you know, Feed Material Corporation.
2: So I mean, uh, you don't give it the a name like Uranium Powder Dispensary. Pay no attention
0: to our giant bomb-making apparatus. Dot mm-hmm. com. Dot com. <laughs> 1961, Idaho. Stationary Low Power Reactor Number 1, or mm-hmm. SL-1. Okay. A United States Army experimental nuclear power reactor underwent a steam explosion and meltdown. The direct cause was the improper withdrawal of the s- central control rod responsible for absorbing neutrons in the reactor core. The most common theories proposed for this withdrawal of the rod so okay. far uh-huh. are well sabotage or suicide by one of the operators. Wow, there seems to be a lot of suicides happening around these facilities. A suicide murder involving an affair with the wife of one of the other operators. Oh, okay. Packed. Inadvertent withdrawal of the main control rod. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> or an intentional attempt to exercise the rod, which
2: is to make it travel more
0: smoothly within its sheath.
2: So we are going does to that mean, pump you up. Does that mean exercise or exorcise as in mm. drive the demon out of it? You think well, it a was a cross-shaped yeah. rod. <laughs> there <right>. you go <laughs> okay the maintenance logs
0: do not address what the technicians were attempting to do uh-huh. and thus the actual cause of the incident will never be known
2: because you can't talk to the technicians anymore no oh oh so we're gonna have some fatalities finally the only known reactor incident in the united states which resulted in immediate fatalities all right mm.
0: casualties three operators during the response to the incident 22 people received doses of 3 to 27 runtkins rankkin mm-hmm. uh full body exposure Removal of radioactive waste and disposal of the three bodies eventually exposed 790 people to harmful levels of radiation.
2: Oh, so the a rest lot of people you... <laughs> to take those
0: three bodies out.
2: Well, I would say 790 people, I mean, you can barely even, you know, get a square centimeter of uh, one of these guys to help carry them out.
3: If I die in a horribly radioactive place, just leave me there.
4: Well, Oh, th- I will. Thanks. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of a problem with SL1. I mean, SL1, they first found out about the accident or that with people on site found out about the accident because site radiation alarms went off and they called to the control room and there were just, was no answer so they drove over there we uh, were busy and they started going in so looking for you know it's like hey is anybody around here and they hear the radiation monitors you know mm-hmm. screaming yeah. you know mm-hmm. you know warning warning then they start noticing that the radiation levels are just screaming hot mm-hmm. and off the charts they're all yeah they're you know number 1 with a bullet. So, uh they're looking around for people and they find they find one of the guys is obviously dead and off to the side and there's another guy kind of like moaning and lying there. So they run in and they grab him and he's intensely radioactive because he he didn't take the full force of the blast of fragmenting nuclear fuel and steam coming out, but he was behind the guy who did. Mm-hmm. They found two guys but they were like where's the third guy and it wasn't till like hours or days later someone decided to look up because what had happened was there's a control one main control rod in the center of the sl1 reactor and it had a lot of what they call reactivity so so when you pull that thing out it could really start the reactor up so the theory is that since the the control material on the control rod was kind of falling off because it was not well constructed uh, or well maintained they kind of had to crank on this rod to get it to come out and right. it came out a lot further than they had intended they cranked too hard yes mm-hmm. yeah. and when and when they cranked it up it's happened to me that <laughs> that oh uh, yeah and then you end up with a power excursion and a steam explosion <laughs> that, we've all been there yeah, we've all been there torrent's calling it these days <laughs> and uh yeah so but then you have what they call a rod ejection uh, accident <laughs> got that too. you had that because the guys
2: the guy's name was, it was rod rod, yeah, rod. Was well
4: mm-hmm. um so what happened was the control rod came out, went through one of the guys, and pinned him to the ceiling like a yeah. butterfly. Right. And, I mean, it's horrible, because you're like, where's, you know...
2: where's, know, where's that's where's, awesome. It's not
4: horrible at all. I,
2: that's
0: awesome. <laughs> that's how you want to go. <laughs> uh,
2: no, well, where's uh, Richard? Where's Richard?
0: Oh. Yeah. The radioactive remains of Richard L. McKilney were interred at Arlington National Cemetery. He's buried in a lead-lined casket, which was then sealed in concrete and placed in a metal vault. Record of interment reads, Victim of nuclear accident body is contaminated with long-life radioactive isotopes. Under no circumstances will the body be moved from this location without prior approval of the Atomic Energy Commission in consultation with this headquarters. Wow. That is pretty cool to be buried in like three chambers. Yeah, You're like an Egyptian king. So that was three. That was three fatalities. Gotcha. 1985, Chasma Bay, Vladivostok, K-431 Soviet nuclear-powered submarine. Okay. Submarine had been refueled and the reactor tank lid was being replaced. The right. lid with control rods was lifted up too far. This seems to be a familiar refrain. Yes. The starboard reactor became prompt critical, resulting in a critical criticality excursion of about 5 times 10 to the 18th power fissions. Got it. And a thermal steam explosion. The explosion expelled the new load of fuel, destroyed the machine enclosures, rupturing the submarine's pressure hull and aft bulkhead and partially destroying the fueling shack and the shack's roof falling 70 meters away in the water. Right. A fire followed, which was extinguished after four hours. Most of the radi- radioactive debris fell within 50 to 100 meters of the submarine, but a cloud of radioactive gas and particulates blew across a six-kilometer stretch of the Dunay Peninsula.
1: Wow.
0: The contaminated forest area was later surveyed as a two square kilometers in a swath 3.5 kilometers long and about a half a mile kilometer wide. So that was the contaminated forest area. Once so
2: all those uh, that, that entire forest became mutants? Like ants <laughs> yes. started to walk and talk. Yes. It's like seen out of Lord
0: of the Rings. In part because the reactor did not contain spent fuel, the fraction of biologically active isotopes was far smaller than in any case of the Chernobyl disaster. So casualties ten. Okay. Ten naval personnel were killed, just officers and two enlisted men, probably by the explosion itself and not from radiation injuries. Got it. Radiation injuries were observed in 49 people with 10 developing radiation sickness. The latter included uh, mostly firefighters. Who we went in afterwards to like yeah. put out the fire. Got it. Of the 2,000 involved in cleanup operations, 290 were exposed to high levels of radiation compared to normal standards.
3: So... Don't take a job cleaning up nuclear sites, I guess. What is your job exactly? Uh,
4: Actually, I do computer analysis from far, far away. But I do actually go on site to uh, talk with people and see what the systems look like. I haven't
3: seen any notes of people dying from talking to people. Uh, Uh, uh So I think you're okay. I don't
2: know. As soon as they hand you a broom, you quit. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hey,
3: there's a spill over there. Can you clean it up? I gotta go.
4: (laughs) I'm out of here. I think it's mostly don't hang around Soviet submarines. Uh Yeah. I think that's probably better advice.
2: That's a hot tip right there.
4: And the other issue is, like, this is not the only time this kind of accident ha- has happened in the Soviet Union. Or There was that movie K-19 that nobody's seen
2: mm-hmm.
0: around the table. I mean, yeah. other people have well, seen it.
4: You have accidents on board the subs while they're at, at sea. But they also had a su- several accidents where they were refueling. And, like, in this case, they lower, you know, as everything has been put in and they're ready to seal everything up, they have to lower the lid down and latch all the control rods to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do that. And... Get everything latched and then they find that you know the lid isn't going on quite right so they have to kind of you know Yorgy the crane driver has to like bump it up you know a little bit and he bumps it up a lot again over cranking yeah. yeah jiggle
3: it jiggle it yeah oh, so it see, you're,
4: it. you're supposed to just jiggle it but i mean we are talking to crane lifting
0: you know several yeah. tons of stuff
2: and then you then you go from refueling to defueling because it's sweeping across the countryside
0: yep now we go into 1990 the clinic of zaragoza spain this okay. is a radiotherapy accident. There are a lot of radiotherapy accidents compared oh, really? with other nuclear accidents. Oh, yes. They're generally much more fatal. Mm. Ooh. Um, this one in uh, particular is the has the highest injuries that I think I could find of uh, the radiotherapy accident, so I'll talk about this one. Okay. okay. An error occurred in the maintenance and calibration of a linear accelerator used for clinical radiotherapy combined with procedural violations Overdosages of two hundred to seven hundred percent occurred. Mm. A total of twenty-seven patients were overexposed during treatments for tumors for a peri- over a period of ten days. Okay, so hold on a second. Yeah. So
2: this was this wasn't a machine like exploding like a nuclear this submarine. This was a
0: bad calibration
2: of this a was, man- piece of medical just, equipment. You set it so that it was giving you five times the dose you thought it was giving you. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is even worse. Because you have people thinking that they're getting treatment and instead they're getting murdered. A total of
0: 27 patients were overexposed during treatments for tumors over a period of 10 days. And not just because they were wearing those paper gowns with their asses hanging out the back. Right. Signs of radiation injury were observed six days after that and the first death occurred possibly shortly thereafter. At least 27 cancer patients were injured and 18 of them died.
2: So they're being treated for cancer as well. Treated for cancer, given cancer. It's all very confusing. Uh, radiation good, radiation bad. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah precisely. Yeah. Like it's like any other poison.
3: It's,
4: uh, it's all in the dosage. It's a double double-edged sword. Yeah, a glowing double-edged sword.
3: I mean, I you don't want to make light of eighteen people dying, but that's a bus accident. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about one bus accident, eighteen people dying. And it was bad and it this shouldn't is happen. That's why we
0: should put a stop to buses. I yeah.
3: that's well, the point. Like there's so many other ways at that least, you could die. At least
4: nuclear buses. Nuclear buses. Mm-hmm. You've seen the big bus, right? The big bus? the big bus? The big bus? No. There is a movie called The Big Bus. Oh. It is a nuclear powered bus. <laughs> really?
0: <laughs> it's called yes. the Big Bus. From nineteen seventy five? We should have seen this. I, why did I not tell you about this? <laughs> the ultimate
3: disaster film parody A nuclear powered bus is going nonstop from New York to Denver and is plagued by disasters due to the machinations of a mysterious group allied with the oil lobby. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, see, nuclear's safe as long as there aren't evil oil people. Yeah, Yeah, that's
4: that's just me, corporate chill, trying to pin all of our stuff (laughs) on the oil lobby.
3: When the driver is injured, a washed-up, down-in-his-luck-but-used-to-be-great type, who, as it happens, used to be engaged to the inventor's daughter, is brought in to drive the giant bus, which includes a one-lane swimming pool and a one-lane bowling alley. That is a giant bus.
0: That is a big bus.
2: That's awesome. All right. Fair enough. We should okay, have watched that. Bus. I, I'm sorry for not mentioning that earlier. That's all right. Then I would have had to watch it. 1986. Who knows what this one is? I don't know. I'm at a loss. I, I, I don't know any other nuclear accidents. What could we possibly <laughs> be missing? <laughs> this is Chernobyl. This Chernobyl. is the big one. All right. This was a steam slash
0: chemical explosion and subsequent fire in a graphite moderated power reactor. Okay. Unit 4. Was completed in December 1983 and fully brought online in March 1984. Okay. The early commissioning had left several safety tests undone. In April 1986, Unit 4 was nearly through its first fuel cycle with the result that a variety of fission products were built up in the core. On 25th and 26th April 1986, operators were attempting to perform safety tests. On the morning of 26th April, they circumvented safety systems to conduct a test at one twenty three a.m., the test resulted in a power excursion. Yeah. The reactor reached 100
2: times its design thermal output in mere moments. That should be a good thing, right? More power. It's, it's there to create power, and it creates 100 times more power than you thought it was going to.
0: Everyone's light bulbs just get, just get that much brighter. brighter yeah, to right? yeah, double a good your thing. voltage back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A steam explosion lifted the 1,000 ton upper reactor cover, allowing all the water in the core to escape. This was followed by a second explosion, possibly a hydrogen explosion, fueled by a reaction of steam from ruptured pipes with mm-hmm. the zirconium and or graphite in the reactor core. The second explosion ruptured the roof of the reactor building and expelled about 25% of the reactor core within and beyond the building. Oh. Mm-hmm. One person above the reactor was killed instantly by the explosion. The okay. second person in the reactor building was severely burned by steam and he was found partly buried by debris and died within a few hours. Burning graphite and hot core material ejected by the explosions started about 30 fires, including some on the combustible tar roof of Unit 3. Many plant workers displayed symptoms of radiation sickness within hours of the explosion. In addition to plant workers, firefighters, who initially were told that there was just a fire and wore no special protection from radiation, were also significantly exposed. Got it. Some patients were so radioactive, radioactive they were a hazard to the doctors treating them. About 12 megacuries of radioactivity was released in the first day. Total number of people hospitalized was 132 by the end of the first day. The total amount of the radiation released was estimated by the Soviet government to be between 50 to 100 million curies. That's 2 to 4 million terabecquerels. That's a Whoa. lot. But scientists speculate the actual figure may be up to 10 times greater than reported. Mm approximately 100,000 square kilometers of land was significantly contaminated with fallout and the worst-hit regions being Belarus, Ukraine, and Russia. The fire was extinguished on 6th of May after about 40 megacuries had been released by the fire in addition to the releases earlier. Evacuation of residents under the plume was delayed by the government's unwillingness to publicly acknowledge the accident. The Chernobyl accident was first discovered outside of Russia when a nuclear power plant worker in Sweden went through a radiation detector and triggered the alarm, even though he hadn't been in any controlled areas of the plant. Right. When this continued to happen with other workers and their own plant came up clean, the Radiation Safety Authority charted the wind course and tracked the radiation back to Russia. That day, Swedish diplomats were in touch with Moscow inquiring about whether there could have been a nuclear accident there. Mm. They said,
2: nope. So this, the Swedes were getting hit by this nuclear cloud. Yes. They were covering workers at their own nuclear plants. And, of course, the only place where you have all these like, you know, detection equipment is at other nuclear plants. And then by process of elimination. Yeah. They so said, well, it it's not must, us. It's not where, us. Where is this coming from? Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh. And then they just, they held a piece of grass up, right? <laughs> yes, they essentially. saw where the wind was coming, and they just kind of like, you know, took a pair of binoculars and went, what's that glowing on the horizon? Well, next to that Russian flag.
0: Yeah. Sweden said they were going to file an official alert with the International Atomic Energy Authority, and it was only then that the Soviet Union admitted that there had been an accident. Fuckers. Nice. Seven days passed before the news about the accident in Chernobyl appeared in the mass media, and in that week, many children as well as adults consumed contaminated milk and other foods without knowing.
2: Good times. Yeah, I I uh, I saw a report on this accident. They didn't like the people who lived like in Chernobyl, like they didn't even move them for like a week because they didn't want they didn't want to evacuate the place right next to the to the power plant. Is that is that fact true? We know that they didn't have very good accident management on this. I mean, people Clearly. were not alerted
4: quickly enough. I mean, the fact that they let this material get into the milk supply. I mean, you look at what happened with Sellafield and that was 30 years earlier. I mean, the first thing they did was, you know, sequester the milk supply to keep it out of the food chain. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on here. You know, it's easy to blame the Soviets because they really are at fault for like bad management. But I mean, also, they shouldn't have been running the tests that they were running. And, you know, even the reactor design, you know, it's, it's something that would have never passed muster in the West, you know, uh-huh. either the design of the containment or the design of the reactor itself. Right. You know, even within the Soviet Union, there were there was a, a a different reactor, the VVER, which is essentially stands for large pressurized water reactor. For the Russians, that's kind of the AK forty seven of reactors. I right. mean, it's I won't say it's nigh indestructible, but they've had some pretty bad accidents where like they've burned up control systems, or they've you know they've had to evacuate control rooms, and they had no auxiliary control. So, uh, they and, but a, they
2: didn't have like a massive explosion. But they no, and
4: the, the reactor just sort of sat there and percolated because it's kind of overbuilt in that good soviet sort of
2: way right where it, right you know they like, like to build things blocky and concrete and for once it actually worked out yeah it
4: worked out in their favor for you and it's like okay well we can put this in the hand of a uzbeki farmer and he's not going to
0: break it too badly yeah yeah but this was not one of those no casualties 31 acute fatalities 28 from radiation so they were all the cute people died yeah all the cute ones mm. the ugly ones were fine
3: no they were acute. Mm-hmm. You know, like amoral means oh, without moral. AQ anti- oh. means they were without cuteness. Is that well, that's like? why. <clears throat> it doesn't it. mean anti, it means just without. So, yeah. so they weren't no. ugly, they just didn't have any cuteness.
2: Right. So, no kittens. Not were, like inflammable. No, mm-hmm.
0: like it would be a flammable. <laughs> Three individuals died of non radiation effects the two killed on 26 April, and the third who died of a heart attack.
3: Oh,
2: I'm a radiated cat.
0: Yep.
3: There, there we get, the fear of radiation. That's
0: right. 238 others survived with acute radiation sickness. In peer-reviewed publications, the UN Scientific Committee on the Effects of Atomic Radiation has estimated about up to 5,000 deaths from thyroid cancer in the long term, although this figure has not, in fact, materialized.
3: Although, uh, man, in Russia, who knows how much they're still covering up. Right? Well, I mean, and Who there, knows how much they're still not reporting. I
2: mean, I think the people who are in that community have been, like, scattered to the four corners because mm. nobody lives in Chernobyl anymore. Well, and also with the breakup of the Soviet Union. now The, the Belarusians U- and the Ukrainians and the Russians who all kind of worked in that area. Right? right.
4: It's sort of like, well, if you want compensation from Russia for what they did for poor management and poor design, it's like, well, that's now a diplomatic issue between Belarus and, mm-hmm. and Russia. And Belarus has a lot of incentive to kind of inflate their figures. And I'm not saying that's happening, but it does cloud how many... Injuries there are right. and, uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't help clarify anything That's for certain right. mm.
0: Also it's notable that on the second anniversary of the disaster Chief of the commission investigating the disaster Valery Legasov Committed suicide by hanging himself from the stairwell Of his apartment Reportedly mm. before his suicide he recorded himself On audio tape revealing previously Undisclosed facts about the catastrophe
2: mm. Okay what, mm. what facts do we know I don't have specifically but presumably They're in the you know It's all about hey it was our fault I had something to do with it. I killed all these people. Well, investigating. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had become bitterly disillusioned
0: with the failure of the authorities to confront the design flaws of the plant. Right. Like, from all of the YouTube videos and documentaries I've seen, like, this was basically a bomb waiting to go off mm-hmm. the, right. the, the
3: plant. I remembered hearing that, that people were like, look, the, the Russians were told not to use that kind, like, that it was unsafe, and that, uh, Canadian reactors can't even have that happen, is yeah, what I was told back it's in the
4: day. Aside from the fact that they disconnected safety systems and were running these tests in a low-power situation, and putting their system in a very unstable say, state, there were other issues like, for example, the tip of the control rod was a, a chunk of graphite. So when you ins- inserted the control rod back into the reactor to shut everything down, the first thing it did was slow down more neutrons and increase the power that went into the reactor. It's it's kind of like when you you know hit the brake on your car and your engine revs. It's like that's not right. Mm-hmm. Why do, why do you have that there? It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it'll be fine. It'll be fine.
1: Crawl out through the fallout, baby When they drop that bomb Crawl out through the fallout With the greatest of a aplomb When your white count's getting higher Hurry, don't delay I'll hold you close and kiss those Radiation burns away Crawl out through the fallout, baby To my loving arms Through the reign of strontium ninety Think about your hero When you're at ground zero And crawl out through the fallout Back to me Crawl out through the fallout, baby You know what I mean Crawl out through the fallout Cause they said this bomb was clean If you cannot find the way Just listen for my song I'll love you all your life Although that may not be too long Crawl out through the fallout, baby To my loving arms While those ICBMs keep us free when you hear me call out, baby, kick the wall out, and crawl out through the fallout back to me, cause you'll be the only girl in the world. Why don't you call out through the fallout back to me, why don't you call out through the fallout back to me.
0: We'd like to say thank you to Tyler Davis. Where is he from? New
2: Zealand. Oh yeah, NZT Davis. That's right.
0: New Zealand (laughs) T. Thank you very much for donating to our uh, fundraiser.
2: What I love is that you're not even doing
0: accent. You're doing a character who has an accent. (laughs) That's right. That way it's never racist. Never.
1: I like, <laughs> never.
2: Uh, I like two things. I like vodka
1: <laughs>
2: and personalized thanks. Tyler Davis, I raise a vodka to you. Chin chin. That's Russian, right?
3: Uh, Yeah, I can't. My brain is not wrapping around an Aussie accent. I'm sorry, Tyler. Next time I do it naturally,
2: it will be totally for you. And we'll think of you. Mm-hmm. I will. Oh, you might not say your name out loud. Say, that
3: was for Tyler. <laughs> it happened for you. Tyler.
2: I'll blink my eyelids in Morse code spelling out Tyler Davis. (laughs) That'll work on a podcast. Uh Uh-huh. In the news.
1: 2014,
0: April. Authorities in Japan's Fukushima prefecture have ordered the culling of 1,692 cows. Oh, yeah, stakes all around. Abandoned after the evacuation of the region's radiation zone. Oh, wild cows, even better. They taste better. The herd was living in a 20-kilometer radius from the disaster-hit Fukushima nuclear power plant and Mm -hmm. could be contaminated by radioactive leaks. Local authorities decided to slaughter the animals in an effort to minimize the radiation risk for area residents who have begun returning to their homes and farms. Oh, radioactive cows tenderize the meat. The farmers who were not able to take the cows with them during the evacuation opposed the government's decision, but have been allowed to breed more animals under the condition that the meat will not be sold on the public market. So, for what? Like
2: pet cows? Why are you going to breed cows if you can't, like, you know, turn them <laughs> into the food the Maybe it's for the private, private for meat them. market? Yeah. You know, maybe maybe Local just for meat their for family local people? Yeah. yeah. In March 2011, Japan was hit by a massive
0: magnitude 9.0 earthquake and subsequent tsunami, claiming more than 15,000 lives and causing a number of explosions at the Fukushima plant. We've talked about this many times on yeah, many episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Fukushima was rated to level 7 on the INES scale. Uh, casualties, no deaths, or cases of radiation sickness from the nuclear accident.
3: Still. Yeah. Everybody freaking out. Yeah, about Stop the Stop it.
0: People are freaking out. Knock me over with a feather. In
3: the news, people are freaking out. <laughs>
4: I spent a weekend on Twitter explaining how things were going right. to the best of my understanding of the facts on the ground. Well, you're but, expertish. I I'm expertish. I mean, it's like my, well, expert my, is also kind of a relative term because you're I, very expert oh. in this room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean I I can spell words like corium and talk about core concrete interaction right. and and direct containment heating and all sorts of like esoteric little bits of, of this. I mean my bread and butter is severe reactor accidents.
3: The problem with the with the news media becoming entertainment and so the people who are at the high levels anyway seem to be more concerned about the entertainment that rather than presenting the actual facts.
2: Conjecture well, drives uh, viewership yeah. rather than facts. There's mm-hmm. a really perverse economy or or situation
4: set up where the people who know about this stuff can't really talk about it because you don't want to spook investors who may be buying power plants. You don't want mm-hmm. to spook people who live near power plants. If you're a, an executive of a, of a big company, you're like, well, I can't let this somebody possibly scotch a deal that's going on. So you end up with a situation where the only people who are really allowed to talk are people. It's like,
0: well, it'll cause them to people to grow a third head. And so you're your ruminations on Twitter you were universally welcomed. They,
3: were the,
4: they, were, <laughs> they actually were. I mean, the, the really interesting thing about this was that, you know, it was very much a Q&A type of thing where people were asking questions and then let's find out together how we can vet this information. You know, this is not a time to do PR. This is a time to keep people from panicking because at the end of all this, and it's really hard to tell people this and have them believe you, but it's like what's really going to hurt people is that panic. It's not going to be the radiation that does people in. It's going to be the bad life choices. It's going to be the panic. It's going to be alcoholism or smoking or whatever,
3: or uh, deciding you know. to take way too much iodine because right. they're worried about the radiation. Right,
4: You've taken, because it's any medical intervention is going to have side effects and taking you know so now not only are you taking iodine that your body doesn't need you're also taking iodine away from people who we might may actually need this for our own disaster management um so
3: but then part of that i i've had the same experience is teaching people to actually value evidence and reason and science because when they don't then showing them the facts makes it still very hard to convince them
4: and people are convinced by stories
0: well i can tell you uh that although there were no deaths or cases of radiation sickness from the nuclear accident, over ten th- over 100,000 people had to be evacuated from their homes to ensure this. Yeah. In contrast to the small risk from radiation if return of residents had been allowed, approximately 1,600 deaths were related to the evacuation conditions, such as living in temporary housing and hospital closures.
2: Oh, so no radiation deaths, 1,600 deaths due to like the old and in infirm well, there, who had to be moved and there, stuff like there's that.
4: There's two things. One is uh, transport accidents. So if you run into a power pole on your way out of Fukushima evacuating, you're just as dead as if you got nuked. Yeah. The other thing is, once they shut down all the nuclear plants after Fukushima, they ended up having to go into some pretty severe power rationing, and a lot of that meant turning off air conditioning. And old people are fairly susceptible to heat stroke and heat stress injuries. Right. Mm-hmm. So when they've turned off power and there's no AC during the summer, then you see you know elderly people dying from that. And it, it's weird because you think— Darwinism— like, What? Darwinism.
0: (laughs) We hate that Darwin guy,
2: don't we? Yeah, 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 no. Oh, no, no,
4: this is is social Darwinism.
2: No, I'm all about anti-social
0: Darwinism. I feel as though we have to go into pop culture.
2: Uh, So I'd seen this years and years and years ago. It's 1979's uh, China Syndrome starring Jane uh, Fonda and Jack Lemmon and a very young and handsome Michael Douglas. Mm. Basically Jane Fonda is a, you know, a fluff piece reporter who accidentally witnesses a uh, an event at a nuclear power plant having a, nu- a power excursion. Yeah, they, they they have to scram. Okay. They do a scram and then there's a scram later that really like, uh, Jack Lemon Institute's a scram that saves the whole thing from going china syndrome, which evidently the nickname uh, china syndrome is from A nuclear reactor going critical and the core, like, melting through the core of the earth all the way to
0: China. That's the China syndrome. Uh That's something that's totally going to happen. Yeah.
2: Uh, How possible would that be to actually happen? Well, wouldn't it just stick stick at the middle of the earth because of gravity? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Something like that. Well, (laughs) it would
3: go down to where it's all magma and then...
2: Yeah, China. And burn up and spread. Yeah. Well, then we have this massive volcano. Yeah. Yeah. China, pure magma. Anyway. Jack Lemmon thinks that there's a, a construction problem with the plant and is trying to like get them to look into repairs and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, the big corporate shills all say, it's going to cost us millions of dollars. And so then they try and kill him. and They run some reporters off the road. Oh. And, and so then he takes the whole place hostage. Really? And, uh, and then, yeah, then the nice. SWAT team comes in and guns him down. Oh, I have to see this movie. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Especially uh, it was Jack a, Lemmon. Well, it actually,
3: a, it, as a, as a it, matter of fact, it was released 12 days before Three Mile Island.
2: Oh, there you go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was sort of the perfect storm of mm-hmm. of of media. Yeah, time and place. So it was like it gets released, and then Three Mile Island happens. It's right on everybody's uh, radar. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a decent movie for the era. I kind of liked it. Uh, Jane Fonda, you know easy to look at. Michael <laughs> Douglas even easier. You're fond to look at her.
3: Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I watched Let's the talk cha- about Atomic Twister. Uh, Atomic Twister is a 2002 TV movie. I'm sure it's a sci-fi original. That's, uh, I, yeah, I think it is. I'm I sure didn't even is. notice. Uh, it's about a series of tornadoes that damage a nuclear reactor in a small town in Western Tennessee, uh, which in turn causes a near meltdown at the plant. It's pretty heavy-handed, uh, like obviously. Showing up the how don't they know how dangerous this is these foolish pro nuclear people because they've got this there's some kids taking a tour of the nuclear plant and they're asking questions and when the guy can't give them a decent answer the kids give them this oh wow this guy's really dumb look on their face well Joe
2: I'm sure the the screenwriter of Atomic Twister is no screenwriter from Mongolian Death Work uh, yeah. <laughs> are you oh. saying... not of the same caliber in any way shape or form so you're,
3: you're saying you didn't write Atomic Twister.
2: I'm just saying, whoever wrote Mongolian. Why Death would you worm... say
3: that? The only reason you would point out that you didn't write Atomic Twister, Kevin, mm-hmm. is if you actually wrote Atomic Twister.
2: I'm looking really shifty right now.
3: You certainly are. No, the one thing I'll I'll give it is that the way that it that the power plant fails is actually that external power is the thing that gets destroyed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they go, oh no, tornadoes shut the plant down so they're not generating their own and then their diesel engines get wrecked.
2: So is um, it one smart thing about Atomic Twister or is it one not dumb thing? I would say not dumb. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So but did, I figured I'd ask. Was, I'd so it. was there actually
0: a meltdown? Uh,
3: there was not because the entire movie is just about them running around the plant trying to fix things. It's oh, okay. so boring. Oh, interesting.
0: Uh, there, I mean, think with name like atomic twister there would be like twisters with radiation there
3: is i don't think there's a full-on meltdown but the one guy does he he receives a lethal dose of radiation he's still alive at the end of the movie but they kind of mention it's lethal and it ends like a happy ending but oh yeah that guy's gonna die pretty soon probably (laughs) left hand blue yeah yeah (laughs) What I thought it would be would be like a Sharknado movie, which would just go totally over the top. And the tornado hits the nuclear power plant, and then the radiation gets sucked up, and then this crazy atomic twister gains life and goes around the world wrecking. That would have been awesome.
0: I I would have paid for that. That is like a
2: Super Friends episode. That That is not what happens.
3: Totally not what happens. It's just that the tornado hits the atomic nuclear power plant, and that causes the problems.
2: I bet you that was the first draft, and then they went, "We don't have enough money for this." Yeah, probably. Uh, Uh, Let's tone this down a bit. Keep the name. It's only
3: 2002. CGI is really expensive. Yes. You can't just do it on your computer. Maybe they just couldn't get Ray Harryhausen. How would you do a stop-motion figure of a radioactive tornado? He could do it. If if anyone anyone could do
4: it, Harryhausen could. You're right.
0: He could do it. Was there any pop culture that you specifically wanted to talk about, Bob?
4: I spent a lot of time working on uh, my uh, uh, Mr.
2: Burns impersonation while driving to work. Sure. I I used (laughs) to work at a power plant, so... Uh, and, and, of course, there are nonstop nuclear accidents in The, the Simpsons, Simpsons yeah. what with Homer being the safety officer of the well, local there's, there's nuclear Well, there's one right plant. in the
3: intro of every episode <laughs> yes. where he accidentally drops the rod and it lands in his, yeah, uh, on his shirt, in his yeah. shirt yeah. and then he throws it out of the car as he's driving home.
2: Yeah. And
0: I do know that in 2011, uh, three countries, Germany, Switzerland and Austria, stopped showing this uh, or, or rather edited Simpsons episodes. To take out uh, nuclear the nuclear accident parts are, of the episode. Are
2: they sure they didn't just take out the one where they were making fun of the Germans? <laughs> oh, the Germans! <laughs> I'm so
1: afraid of the
2: Germans. <laughs> oh, the Germans are mad at me. I'm so scared. Oh, the
0: Germans! Oh, oh,
1: the Germans stop are coming it. to get stop me. Oh, don't let the Germans come after Please me. Please stop pretending oh, no, you're the scared. No, they're so big and It's
3: I also watched another bad movie, Chernobyl Diaries. It's a 2012. 2012- uh, six tourists hire uh, this tour guide, this uh, Ukrainian guy. Uh, is Chernobyl? Is it's Pripyat, in the Ukraine. It's in yep. the Ukraine. Uh, Ukrainian guy who basically sneaks people on or bribes his way past the guards to bring them into Pripyat, uh, which is the The home. exclusion zone. The exclusion yeah. zone to show them around. Uh, this movie's not as bad as Atomic Twister. Um, is this one the, of those
0: like found footage kind of movies?
3: It starts off that way, and I thought it was going to be. And here's the thing. The found footage at the first few minutes is really nice shot it's got it's got some good energy uh feels I remember seeing the
2: trailer for this movie and it was all that found footage stuff and I went oh maybe but then it like
3: it starts with the found footage of them just partying in Europe and going around and doing things and then it cuts to just a more handheld following them thing and it's not found footage right but it's still a little shaky cam it's Like they decided the found
2: footage thing.
0: Well I don't maybe it was scientific for scientific purposes because I know and I don't know how strong the radiation has to be, but a lot of the early footage of Chernobyl, like while it was happening, you can see the radiation on the film. Right. Right. Because it's it's coming through or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's got like white streaks and stuff well, on this So maybe like, oh, we can't do that because if we did that, it wouldn't be scientifically accurate. Is that the, this kind of a movie? No. Well, <laughs> no, no. Because,
3: because it, well, okay, here's the thing. This is a horror movie. So it's right. it's supposed to be scary. Maybe a thriller more than a horror. Okay. Um, it, it fails. I was never really scared. You weren't uh, yeah. thrilled or horrified. There were a few parts where I was like, oh, this is supposed to be scary. Right uh in maybe that they're uh, in the dark and there's weird noises going on and they don't know if it's animals or something else joe yeah. can you maybe
2: accept the fact that perhaps you're just jaded
3: it's oh caustic soda may have completely jaded me ruined to horror movies. all
2: thrillers for you
3: uh, but at least things like the cabin in the woods were enjoyable right and i i don't know how scared i got but i they were good movies right this is not a good movie okay uh, where, where does it fail It fails in that the acting is pretty bland. It's not bad. It's not bad acting. I didn't go, you were terrible. But it's just like, my character is an attractive uh, North American on vacation.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, welcome to every movie. Yeah. All yeah. right. So moving on. Uh,
3: and the scary stuff is just not scary. Like it's it's obviously set up to be like you're in the dark and there's a noise and, and what someone's is it?
0: walking backwards
3: towards the camera. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Did that happen? Uh, no, not that. But there's like one where they they go into a building for whatever reason. They're shining flashlights around and they all just don't happen to shine their flashlights in this one spot. And then all of a sudden, a chair gets thrown at them and they don't know what it's for and they all freak out and their flashes just barely touch on this mutant standing behind the counter of this store that's all wrecked and they all scream and run out and I was like there's five of you and one of him and like one of you has a gun but he's radioactive but he's a oh but he's scary in the dark like yeah yeah. right. and then the explanation at the end that they're actually I don't know if they're actually mutants caused by Chernobyl but they're
2: being experimented on by doctors right yeah so Joe, when the three of us encounter our radioactive mutant, mm. uh, then you are the one who is going to take it on because it seems like you're pretty disdainful of them running. Yeah, and I'm probably going to run. So, okay. it's up you. I don't have the gun. I'd probably I probably have in the gun. I didn't even come. You guys could
3: run, and I'd be like, guys, there's just <laughs> one guy. Oh, well, now it's one against one, right. uh. and I'll run. <laughs>
0: It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive It's such an awful feeling you're dying inside And when you wake up, startled to say I hope I don't go crazy today It's such a bad feeling, an ominous feelings A feeling you know that we'll be back And we'll have more gross facts for you, and you'll have things you want to hear about. We will. caustic soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while being torn apart by feral dogs to comment on episodes make donations and for links images videos and show notes visit caustic sodapodcast.com rate and review us on iTunes visit us on Facebook tweet us on Twitter at caustic podcast email us at info at caustic
1: sodapodcast.com I'm Jenny May and thanks for listening
2: So uh, I didn't realize Radiation had anything to do with that uh, TV show. The um, the Sievert show? The uh, What was the one with Alan Thick? Fuck. Who's Thick the, of the Night? No, no. <laughs> the, the sitcom where the family was the Sievert family. I <laughs> do not know the answer to that <laughs> no, question. Full, not Let's Full just House. Cut, just I'm cut that, was, that whole thing. I bit. know. It's, <laughs> we're
4: going to just drag this one. Uh,
2: uh, uh, John, oh, like a, I would, who would even remember that name? They were called the Sievert family. It was the Alan Thick one. that's a famous uh, one. There's an unthick one. I just can't fucking remember it.